And Psalms 118, verse 24. Let's all stand together. Amen. Just one verse. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, just one verse. Let's all read together. This is a day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to ask the simple question. What are you doing with the day? Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us not. Brother Joy, how about you praying? Amen. You can be seated. Actually, the verse before verse number 24 is not bad. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. But this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Time is a subject that's very precious to us all, is it not? Webster defined time as this way. A non-spatial continuum in which events occur in apparent irreversible succession from the past through the present to the future. Well, that tells us what time does. It marches on, but it really doesn't tell us what time is. Augustine said, I know well enough what time is provide that nobody asks me. But if I'm asked what it is and try to explain it, I am baffled. Time is very, very hard to define. We know what it is, but the reality is we know how important it is. Um, But when a person gets diagnosed with a terminal illness, uh they learn real quickly how important time is. Time's a funny thing. We don't mind wasting it, but we'll do everything we can to keep from losing it. It's amazing. Uh, The greatest queen in Great Britain was Queen Elizabeth. She launched ships which matched the powers of Spain and saved England from Spanish uh, uh, invaders. She ruled over Great Britain during her glory days. She reigned for 45 years. But when she died, a woman of 70, frantically holding on to life, her last words were these, I would give all my possessions for a moment of time. Henry Ford, in that great um, penthouse suite, he, he said, as the death rattles came into his throat, he said this to his doctor, I'll give you a million dollars for every minute 
that you can keep me alive. But the doctor did not collect anything. Time is indeed flying by. Today I was reminded, we, we on our deck, and I got known in on our deck, when Elijah was one, we had his first birthday party. And today we had his 18th birthday party. 17 years, it seems like it was just yesterday. Time is so moving. But I noticed also the time. God gives us time. God governs time. And may I say this. We would do well to maybe just learn three principles tonight. Not a very heavy message, but let me share with you three principles that you could put, if you'll place them into your life, could be monumental. You know what, you know what the Lord could do tonight? The Lord could take someone that has no, uh, you ever seen somebody that just don't know how, uh, how, how to handle time? You know, they're always going, they're, they're like a pinball, going from one thing to another thing to another thing to another, and never finishing nothing. You ever meet somebody like that? May I say today, I believe I'll give you three things. <laughs> I'll give you three things that will help you tremendously. Number one, notice this. This is a day which the Lord hath made. Receive each day as a gift from God. Do you realize that every minute, every hour of every day is a gift from God? He didn't have to give it to you. He could have taken it from you. But every day, every minute, every second... Every breath, every beat of, the, of your heart comes from a sovereign hand of God. Well, we were just, just that truth alone. If we remember that every day God has given us a day and He has given us our breath, He's given us our life, He's given us our strength, then we would struggle to ever complain. About anything. Every sunrise, every sunset is a gift from God. God gives, and it's amazing. God's not, shows no partiality. God gives us everyone exactly the same amount. Where you're rich or poor, it makes no difference. Someone said, I wish I had as much time as you do. Well, you do. Amen. You do. Well, I just don't have time to do all that I need to do. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, I like the, like the lady who said this. I'm so far behind that if anything else happens to me, it will be at least two weeks before I can worry about it. May I say to you, you have just enough time to do what you need to do. The only thing, the only thing, oh my goodness, tonight, it could revolutionize your life. There's this one truth. The only thing that you need to do is realize 
God wants you to do His will and give Him the glory with every single day of your life. He didn't save you just to, just to necessarily uh, take you to heaven. That's a, well, I'm glad he, He's going to do that. He didn't save you to keep you out of hell. Well, that's a real good reason to get saved. But the reason He saved you for us to serve Him and give Him glory. John 17, For I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. That was Jesus saying that. you realize this? He lived only 33 years. He spent about three and a half years in ministry. And he said this, I have glorified you on earth and I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. May I say God has a will for your life and God has a work for you to do. And let me say this, anything other than that that brings glory to God is is vain, it's worthless, it's wasted. Because at the end of the day, We'll stand before God and all that's going to matter is if He's being given glory. God has a way in which He wants His will and His work accomplished. And God will give you all the time you need to do His will. Now God didn't say He'd give you time to make a, a fortune or, or make a money. God didn't say He'd give you time to, to build a, a business or to do this or to do or buy stuff. He didn't say He'd give you time. But He did say, I'll give you time. All the time you need to do His will and His work in the way. So we owe God all the time that He gives us. No, number one, we need to receive each day as a gift from God. Every day we wake up. May I say today, today, this, today was a gift from God. This is a day which the Lord hath made. It's a gift. Number two, we need to redeem every day for the glory of God. We need to redeem every day for the glory of God. I want you to imagine with me that a banker would call you tomorrow and say this. Now, there's an anonymous donor. Not going to tell you his name, but he has decided to deposit 86,400 pennies in your bank account every morning starting tomorrow morning. $864 a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. But there's one stipulation. You've got to spend all that money that same day. You'll not be allowed, you'll not be allowed to carry anything over to the next day. A 6,400 pennies. $864 a day. And every evening the bank will be canceled whatever sum you fail to use. You would thank your banker, hang up, you grab a pencil, and you would go crazy writing down everything that you could buy 
with $864 a day, you go, I mean, you just start crazy. I mean, you go start crazy writing everything down. You'd say, well, $864 a day equals $6,000 a week, which equals $315,000 a year that's available to you if you're diligent to spend it all each day. Now remember, if you don't spend it, it's forfeited. Did you know that every morning God graciously deposits in your bank of time 86,400 seconds of time. 1,440 minutes 24 hours. And God gives you that same amount of time each day. You cannot carry none of it over. As a matter of fact, there are no 26-hour days. Though I know some who wish there was. Life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want to, but you can't spend it but once. You that are sitting here tonight, as God makes His record and keeps books, and by the way, He keeps good records. He keeps excellent records. And His book of time, He has penciled your name in his dear brother and his wife that's come to be with us tonight. That gets God off guard. Boy, they, they could be anywhere, but they come to be with us tonight. God's penciled that in and said, at the house of God, Solid Rock Baptist Church on this particular night. Makes you wonder, makes you wonder what they're going to tell God when they say, well, I could have come, but we had something else to do. We could have done this, but we should have done this. We tired. We didn't agree with you with hiring service anyhow, so we didn't come. What are they going to tell God when God says, Well, you had an opportunity one more time, and then He pencils your name in. Boy, aren't you going to be glad that day that your name was penciled in at the time of the house of God? See, every bit we can't, we cannot spend it twice. And life's like a coin. You spend it once, any way you want to. But you can only spend it once. Why I made, I made, I made, I, I, I made a bad expenditure. I'm sorry. I wasted it the time. I'm sorry. It's, I, I really blowed it. That moment of time, you can't change it. And you spend it just one time. So let me give you three principles about time that we might not waste. Now, keep in mind, uh, the, the, every, every day, God graciously, God graciously, I didn't plan it, but I'm glad Eddie testified tonight. I didn't know he was going to do it tonight, but I'm so thankful he did. Because for the next several months, Miss Kathy has got time 
but she can do nothing within that time. She knows you're there. It's amazing. They say she can hear and she can smell. I hope Eddie watches cologne and takes a bath. She can smell. <laughs> and she can smell. And if you could go to her tonight and say, Miss Kathy, would you like to be in church? I almost guarantee your head would go up and down. That's all she can do. Boy, may I say, we, we, we take your time too carelessly. And I don't care if you're young or middle-aged or old. It makes no difference. We take time too carelessly. So let me give you three principles. Number one, focus on the present. This is the day which the Lord has made. This is day. He's not talking about yesterday. He doesn't talk, uh, he did not say, being the day the Lord makes. No, not tomorrow. The first key to making the most of time is to learn to live one day at a time. R.G. Lee said, yes, said this, Yesterday is the tomb of time. Tomorrow is the womb of time. Now, now, only now is yours. So many people live crucified today between two thieves. Yesterday and tomorrow. So many people are paralyzed because of a past. And, and, and everything they do, they, they drag that past up to them. Every, every, they get in an argument at the house. It's the first thing. Go back 20 years and drag that thing up. Quit living in the past. It's over. Get over it. It's done. Can't change it. Can't change it. It's done. Over. He says, many are paralyzed. by I got hurt. So I'm not going to do nothing in the church. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to serve for the glory of God. I got hurt. And that past paralyzes him and keeps him from serving God today. A man lost his eyesight trying various remedies and finally went to a chiropractor. And the chiropractor gave him several treatments and his sight came back. Praise God. But after about a month, he went back to the chiropractor and he said, What's the matter? Can't you see? He said, yes, my sight is as good as it's ever been. But now I've lost my memory. I forgot everything. I can't remember nothing. He said, well, I, I can reverse it, but do, do, you, uh, do you want the tree? He said, do you want to uh, see or do you want your memory? I can't give you both. He said, no, sir. I'd rather see where I'm going than remember where I've been. Man, some people are so, so, so paralyzed by the past. And, and at the right motivation, the right argument, some of you are paralyzed by your past so you don't obey God today. It's amazing. And then some are so fearful of the future. They're fearful of everything. Some people fret over the future and worry. Now that's my tendency. How many is a warrior? 
Y'all can get your hands up. Don't pretend. I, I know. How many, hey, wives, how many of your husbands is a warrior? How many of your wives are a warrior? Oh, I want you to know we have a tendency to worry about things in the future. What if? What if? What if? What if? What about today? I refuse to live in yesterday and I refuse to live in tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't plan. I think we're going to plan, but may I say, don't try living in tomorrow till you get to tomorrow. So he said, so we get, we, Bible says in Matthew 6, 31, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we need to learn to focus on the present. Number two, fix your priorities. Fix your priorities. Ephesians 5, 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Did you know that to waste time is to make yourself both a murderer and a thief? Because when you waste time, you're stealing from God and killing yourself. Benjamin Franklin said, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that is the stuff life is made of. But when we talk about spending wisely, we not we 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 come into this. We 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 talk about spending it wisely, carefully. And the Bible teaches us there's a time to labor. Um, I was working with Elijah, and I told him that God made men to work. First thing God done was give man a job. You know what? Men need to work. Amen. Men need to work. God cannot use a lazy person. But may I say, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to love. There's a time for lifting. And I say this, if you don't come apart, sometimes you will come apart. Sometimes we just got to step outside this merry-go-round and Say, and re, re-hook up to God again. But you got to fix your priorities. Get your schedule. Get your schedule from God. Let me help you this. I, I just don't have time for God. Then you ain't got no time, period. If you're too time, if you're... If you're too busy for God, you're just too busy. Mr. Businessman, you'll be a better businessman if you take time for God. Mr. Salesman, you'll be a better salesman if you take time for God. Mrs. Homemaker, you'll be a better homemaker and wife if you take time for God. I don't care what your occupation is. Allow, get your schedule from God. Because whenever we fix our priorities and we decide to leave God out, you are guaranteeing, I'm doing this by myself. I can handle it. God, I got this. It's going to be okay, God. I got this. And I fix my priorities without God in the sin rubbing. 
I'm just asking. And he'll let you wire plumb out till you fall on your face and you cry, God help me. And he said, I would have helped you a long time ago if you just give me the time, schedule from God. This is the beginning. Every day this will be your prayer. This is the beginning of a new day, God. And you've given me to use it as I will. I can waste it or I can use it for good. What I do today is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, then this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something I've traded for it. I want to be gain and not loss, good and not evil, success and not failure. In order that I should not regret the price I paid, may I have sufficient wisdom and courage that this will be my record for today. Have you ever bought something and you got it home and you realize very quickly I paid way too much for this? How many has ever done that? And it just makes you sick. I mean, you pay an outrageous price and you go to the store next week and it's on sale, half price. This makes you sick. You realize tomorrow you will trade something for your life. You will trade something for your life. Folks, today, tonight, you traded Something to be here. And what you trade, you traded life to be here. And I pray, I prayed all day that God would just so bless you. Because you, and you would leave saying, Boy, I'm so glad I traded my life for that time. Because you'll trade something for every minute you live. Swab, you did this. Now, the first thing, as, as a matter of fact, let me, let me t- share this story. Charles M. Schwab, uh, president of Bethlehem Steel, he made an appointment with Ivy Lee, a management consultant, and he threw down his challenge. Show me a way to get more things done. And if it works... I'll pay you anything within reason. Lee handed him a piece of paper. He handed him a piece of paper and a pencil. He said, okay. He said, here's what I want you to do. Write down all the things you need to do. And then I want you to number them importance. One, two, and for you young people, three and four comes next. Thank God calculator, they can't count. Amen. So for that one, two, three, four. And then I want you to start working on number one. And when you finish with number one, do number two. Then we finish number two, do number three. And if this works for you, hand it to all your employees 
and then you paid me what it's worth and left. Charles Schwab started doing that. Two months later, he sent Ivy League a check for $25,000. When I went to Knob Creek years ago, a man by the name of Roy Davis, probably more instrumental in helping me as much as any man I ever met. I wanted to be a supervisor. Now get this. I got laid off one summer. And I decided I'm going to be a boss man. So if I get laid off again, I'll get paid. Now that was my motivation. That was it. That's, that was the total motivation. So I said, I asked him, I said, boy, I'm going to be a supervisor. He said, how come? And I told him the reason. He said, okay. He put me in a position, worked me for a year. For a year. And never paid me no more than what I was making. But in that day, at the end of that year, he gave me about a $10,000 raise. It's amazing what he done for me. But during that time, he saw me out running around like some crazy. And uh, I, I just struggled to get something done. And he, he brought me a pad and a pencil. He said, the first thing you do every day is write down what you need to do and number it and work on one till you finish it. And do that over and over and over. And I still practice that today. That is a secret that you can do every day of the week. Number three, fulfill your program. In other words, whatever you need to do today, do it! Do it! Don't procrastinate! I'm not going to ask, do we have any procrastinators? I'm going to ask, how many do we have? I'll do it tomorrow. We'll do this later. I love my dear wife. She is, a, she is the best woman I have ever known in my, I'm honest, I live with her. She is this godly woman, but I'll tell you what, that woman is a procrastinator. She'll put off and put off and put off. I said, no, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Because whatever, in a ball game, you can't call time out. Clock's always running. Time knows only one direction, and that is forward. You can't store it. You can't, you can't put time in the bank. Uh, there's not 61 minutes in an hour. There's not 25 hours in a day. Someone has said, I have only just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me. Can't refuse it. Didn't seek it. Didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Just a tiny little minute. But eternity is in it. There's an ad that was put in the newspaper that said, Lost. One golden hour studded with 60 diamonds minutes. But there's no reward offered. For it is gone forever. Robert, Robert Moffat wrote these words. We'll have all eternity to celebrate our victories, but only one short hour before sunset to win them. I love this. I was in a question at your time. And someone asked Brother Howes, said, will we have revival? 
He said, what is revival? Here's what he said. I believe we ought to do all that we can for the glory of God while we can and let the next generation decide if we've had revival or not. Well, that's good. That's good. Receive each day as a gift from God. Redeem each day for the glory of God. Oh, for those of you that's complained today, rejoice each day in the goodness of God. I had this message. I didn't know what my girls was going to sing. I had no idea. They never tell me nothing. Nobody never tells me nothing. I'm the last person who knows anything. Now everybody say, ah, ah, yeah. Boy, that's pitiful. That's pitiful. I didn't know what they was going to sing, but while they were singing, while they were singing, this message come flooding back. I said, oh, okay, Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Notice the word will. Joy is an act of the will. Did you know joy is a choice? Did you know that you can choose to be happy and you can choose to be unhappy? Have you ever known anybody that just chooses to be unhappy? Like the husband, he was just unhappy over everything. And his wife said, I'm going to fix him the perfect breakfast. She gets up and she fixes, uh, she fries some eggs and she boils some eggs. She fixes bacon just right, toast not burned. I mean, she fixes everything. And he says down to the says, oh my God, what, what's wrong? You boiled the wrong egg. There's people like that. There's people like that. No matter what, no matter what, they're unhappy because they choose to be unhappy. I think I'm just going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I preached a girl on a train one time and he entered into a conversation with a businessman. They were sitting in the diner with this man and his wife. She was dressed uh, to the hilt. She had diamonds dripping from her fingers. She had the finest clothes money could buy. Being noticed, she complained about everything. She complained about the trip, complained about the train, complained about the weather, complained about the food, complained about the service. Peter asked this man, what do you do? He told him the business that was in. He said, well, what does your wife do? He said, she's in the manufacturing business. He said, well, what does your wife manufacture? She manufactures her own unhappiness. And I, I know some people that manufacture their own unhappiness. And I stand amazed. Me and Brother Watt, we knocked on every door in Granite Falls, in Hudson. By, I mean, it's, it's by every door. And it's amazing. It's amazing. We've been to some of the richest homes in Granite some of the, the nicest, I mean, probably some of them were, were close to million dollar homes. But we've been to some of the poorest places that you have ever seen. And it's been amazing what I've noticed. It's amazing where you find 
the people that are genuinely happy and those that are genuinely unhappy. You know, that's, that's surprising to me. I know most of us, to be truth be told, we have pretty nice homes. The wind's not blowing through the, 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 the walls. My grandmother's told stories about wind blowing through the cracks in the walls. Put enough blankets on you that you could, you could stay under that and hibernate for 10 years. Enough blankets and, and it'd be cold. You'd never get cold. She, uh, and he used to tell about how, how they, but you know what? Most of us got nicer, not, most of you come, you didn't ride in on a buggy. Most of you drove in on a car, nice automobiles. Most of you had plenty to eat today. Most of you had plenty to eat. And if you tell me you hadn't, I'd just like to, won't you stand up and we'll measure you around. See how much... It, it's hard to make somebody believe I'm starving and, and you know, you're pretty well upholstered. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? God has been so good to us. And today, and today, there's a good chance a whole lot of us have just complained. Didn't like this. Didn't like this. Didn't like this. Didn't like this. When the truth of the matter is, God's been very good. When Elijah was nine months old, he took his kidney out. First birthday party. We really didn't know if the cancer would come back, if he'd live. They, I know what they told us, and we believed them, but in the back of our mind, we was wondering. And then, by the way, I just found out the other day, I found out the other day, some precious people in our church Paid to help the family in just a mighty way. I didn't even know it until just the other day. And then Mason. We didn't know. I couldn't help but think today. See him. A young man, strong. As far as I know, no cancer at all. I said, thank you, Lord, for being good to us. You've been good to us. See, I think we complain too much. I think we complain too much. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. First Peter, whom and have not seen, ye love. In whom though thou see him not yet believing, yet rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, may I say, may we, may this is the day. This is the day 
today, which the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't look around and say, oh, I wonder where so-and-so's at. Won't you just rejoice in the day that God has given you? This is a day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So what will you do with the day? Let's all stand to our feet.